Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of a egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive, and you will be rewarded. It's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 171 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Oh, yeah, brother. Being recorded for you on this really beautiful Saturday, uh, the 4th of January. Happy New Year, everybody. Our first show of the new year, 2020. Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Holding up the whiskey sign. Oh, yes. And reminding me, as always, to our friends and followers who, like us, are uh, supplicants before the one true time and... Not supplicants, but devotees, uh, uh, religious followers of the one true time and date format. That would make it, of course, 2020. 0104 at 1035 in the morning a.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast coast the most. Crack engineer Melina holding up the whiskey sign. I'll get to it. Ivor, we have a fucking crazy show for you. Sweet, a lot of announcements and blah. First, the whiskey. Happy and healthy new year, everybody. Now all we have to do is get through Valentine's Day, and if you're in America, following that, the final hurdle. Defeat the final weapon. Metal Gear. I can't read.
need you. Valentine's Day. Ta and then taxes. And then we can do it all over again almost immediately. If we're lucky. Yeah, I know. What a fucking nightmare. But for now, the majority of the super holiday nightmare is over. For some, for most of us. So cheers. Happy and healthy new year to you and yours. And, um, yeah. Let's, uh, oh, Ivor, you're fired, by the way. Uh, I didn't want to ruin the surprise by telling you. Alexa, stop. The fuck was that? Ivor's channeling Alexa to. Yeah, I had to whisper. I was writing a song about my Amazon Echo uh, six months ago. The punchline of the song, it was a 1920 style song, was there's a girl that everyone loves, but no one can ever say her name. Anyway, cheers, Ivor, you're fired. Enjoy uh, your new year finding employment. And now the whiskey. Mmm. So, straight to our top stories. Mm. Okay, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with my uh, problems with my thumb from last year, well, my thumb exploded yesterday, and when I say exploded, I mean it literally exploded. Um, New Year's Eve, I instantly, it's so weird, New Year's Eve, 3 p.m. on New Year's Eve, uh, my just normal uncomfortability with my giant cell tumor on my thumb switched from that, you know, benign, you know, whatever, non-pain status to blinding, constant, grinding, worsening pain. Went on for 72 hours and it went from nothing to a giant abscess that exploded yesterday, which resulted in me going to see a doctor at 4 o'clock this morning and he did horrifying things to my thumb because my surgeon his closest appointment was the 13th of this month and I will be seeing him, he'll be cutting out the tumor this was just for this cyst and it so this what this means is that I had not anticipated this um, at all. In fact, I had not been prepared for it during the consultation with my surgeon um, last year when we decided that ah, we don't really need to cut it. Bear with me for a moment while I tell you about this because this does have implications for uh, you if you like this show um, for the next several weeks. Um, after it exploded though, Thank you many, 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 many thanks to Master Friend of the Show, Master Andy Wan, who took a look at some of the photographs that I took of my thumb yesterday. And he was like, Okay, well, I I went to med school, I dropped out of med school or whatever. I'm not a fucking doctor, but here's what I think happened, and you need to go see a doctor now. Um so it exploded, and then uh my thumb exploded, literally it jizzed in my eye. It shot pus into my eye at a I wasn't squeezing it or anything at a remove of six to eight inches, maybe nine inches. So the doctor did some stuff to me this morning. And um, 
I have a giant fucking hole in my thumb that is to stay in a bandage and away from water for the next uh, 10 days to take us right up to when I get my surgery. What does this mean? When I say a giant bandage, this is my right thumb. I am right-handed. So I am looking forward to going fucking batshit crazy. When I can't work, I go insane. I barely made it through the 72 hours when uh, of the pain. All the pain is gone now. It's coming back because he exploded my thumb. Um, anyway, the bottom line is this. I can't hold a game controller now. And I was anticipating not being able to hold a game controller after my surgery for about eh, somewhere between three days, six weeks. Um, it's the rehab time. But that was an old rehab schedule long before this tumescent, putrescent thumb juice extravaganza! It's a bonanza! Um, occurred out of the blue randomly, unexpectedly. I had not even been prepared that this might even happen. So, so now the long and short of it is all of this is happening two weeks before I was prepared for it. I have lost the ability to use my right hand. I can't hold a game controller. I can barely control a mouse. Cannot control a mouse in a game setting. I use a trackball. I could control a mouse, but I don't have one. I, I'm going to order one from Amazon later today. Bottom line of this, the implications for this that concern you that this week is normally reserved for our stats episode the first week in January no, we're saving that for the third week of January we have a real show for you this week, next week we have more of this same episode content that we create for this same episode that I'm hoping to record also today in line with this because my thumb is completely fucking immobilized I can't I can't write my name I can't take notes I can't I, I mean I've gotten kind of good at holding a stylus but I can't write on, on paper um, to save my life and I certainly can't play fucking video games and it's going to be like this now but only for a while um, and that's presuming and I'm hoping to god that my uh, orthopedic uh, hand surgeon will just fucking cut me that day because we already did an initial consultation or whatever you know last year who knows and who knows what damage has been done I can't afford more MRIs they're unnecessary and we won't know exactly what the fuck any of this shit was until because we can't really do more MRIs uh, until he's cut it all out of me and also until the lab results I had a subcutaneous uh, infection an infection inside of a cyst uh, uh, underneath my skin I don't know how that happened but uh, the one thing that the, the nurse, the male nurse the assistant doctor guy said nothing during the entire procedure other than he started trying to get me talking once I, I wasn't looking I didn't see it, it wasn't until after I was told it was all over and I looked over at the tray and it was just covered 
my hand was literally covered. It looked like a nightmare hellscape covered in neon, sickly yellow pus and blood was everywhere. Um, and so it wasn't until I was at the checkout counter or whatever and the, the nurse assistant guy uh, settling up, all he said was, wow, you should have watched that. I've seen worse, but that was a fucking geyser. He didn't say fucking. He said that was a geyser. And if you... I took some pictures. If you want, jump on the Discord. They're posted there for everyone to see. Um, so yeah, Exploded Thumb, that has implications. I won't. I can't play video games. Um, sucks, because all I've wanted to do since the day before New Year's I reserved time to just fucking play Google Stadia Red Dead Redemption 2, but I can't hold the fucking controller. So, you know, blah. Could have gone much worse, and it sure might as it sure might. You know, we're not out of the woods. This was just a an acute, immediate, extreme, albeit temporary manifestation of hellish nightmares the likes of which I had previously failed to act adequately uh, contemplate but I'm doing okay no thumb thumb so up next in our top stories I upgrade to mint 19.3 Trisha later on today it was a fucking it was the first mint uh, major release, well, I guess a minor release uh, upgrade that ever worked seamlessly. Because for a long time with Mint, you could not upgrade the distro. You had to actually reinstall the distro if it was a major version release. Um, it only took them like seven years, but they've got this shit down. It was totally seamless. I have not been able to try any virtual reality games because I have no thumb. Um, but the performance and everything is great. Other thing about uh, adventures in hardware and stuff, something, a topic I, br- I, I brushed, uh, I addressed cur- in a cursory fashion on, on the Discord channel because Plaster PR gave me some shit. Been having problems with OBS. If you watch our live stream over the last, uh, I don't know, two weeks, two and a half weeks, you'll notice that, like I've been having problems with banding again. And I've I was at my wit's end. So I, I just fucking rolled back. I mean, like, it's so aleatory that blah, I was like, okay, fine, fuck it. You know what? I'm rolling back. I roll back to, uh, I roll back my NVIDIA drivers. I got a 1080 Ti, of course, as everyone knows. I roll back from, like, 440 to, um, maybe four, maybe 430 or four. 25 or 450 I can't remember I'd have to look it doesn't matter the point is I've experienced no performance penalties and OBS works like a champ again um, without the banning so we have a video of the week related to one of our games that we're going to be talking about this week it's all about the games this week I know but I had to get the like evidently we have new people who have no idea what I, I mean when I talk about my thumb and the problem. It's as big as a bowling pin. It's actually as big as two thumbs. Um, I'm not kidding. It's how big the giant cell tumor is. It's been growing for forever. But anyway, 
Also, today, this sucks about the thumb as well. I had scheduled this entire weekend. I had scheduled last night to record this episode of the podcast. I scheduled today, tomorrow, Monday, and Tuesday to resilver our first uh, drive in our ZFS array, upgrading from a four terabyte, from a 24 terabyte across six discs, uh, mirrored stripes of 12 workable, 12 usable terabytes of data um, in a in a six drive array, four terabytes each, um, eight gigabyte, eight terabyte hard drives have come down in price now to where they're affordable, very affordable. I bought two of them. Um, my best guesstimate is that it'll take at least three days to resilver one of them and bring the array back up. We'll see. But the fucked up thing is, now that I can't use my right thumb, I realized as I got home, fuck, those drives are gonna arrive probably any moment now, today, on Saturday, and I won't be able to work a fucking screwdriver. So I won't be, so it's just, it's one thing after another. Happy New Year. I'm glad to be here. If you're not having a good time yet, as I always said, after, cheers to absent friends, after after we lost a a certain very good friend of mine and and my friends, um, I would walk into work every day and, and prior to that occurrence I would walk in and generally say something snotty like are we having fun yet and this caught on actually might have been Jeff Jeffy Wise who used to say that all the time and I never really told him this but after Barb killed herself uh, I never laughed or responded to that anymore because in my head and I think I said it a couple of times hey buddy if you're not having fun yet better start so that's that's my New Year's message to you and yours. We're silvering adventure. Also, I wanted to say what a fucking awesome winter sale this Steam store winter sale was. I don't know if it was the paranoia and fear of the competition from Google Stadia or what combination of factors really led to Valve pulling out all, I mean, all the stops. This is the best winter sale that that the Steam store is ha- it's over now, it ended uh, it's over now, it's over now it ended on the 2nd um, but this was the best winter sale by far since the first one that we ever covered which was the first Steam winter sale if I, I'm pretty sure that's true 6 years ago we got so many good games this year and really good discounts and it was like the entire catalog it was like the way it used to be um, which is kind of depressing for developers because it, it just drives the the value of their work down so far but you know what fuck it I don't care because the market itself is rebalanced technologically it's so much easier now than it was five years ago, two years ago even, to develop a game quickly even if you're a one man show you can do it you know, blah blah blah, the tools next. so, whatever it was fantastic I hope everyone got some good stuff um 
All right, cool. We have one final item, and I'm just going to mention this in a cursory fashion because I don't want to start a holy war. Actually, two items. Speaking of starting a holy war, Jesus Christ, I don't care whether you like Trump or not. I don't care if you care about American politics or not. What is happening right now with Iran is has the potential to be absolutely calamitous for every human being on the fucking face of the planet. This is, you know, this. I'm not even joking. I had this called. I've told people, people know that I had this called two years ago. I had this called. I said, the closer he gets to being impeached, the worse and worse and more dangerous the situation of him uh, dropping the war card will become, especially because he's an idiot who knows nothing and cares about no one not even human life, not even the preservation of American... He doesn't... He just cares about himself and the preservation of his image and his hold on power. And he's playing with not just serious fire this time. He just started a war. I mean, we're not technically at war yet, but... I can't even... Literally, when I made made these predictions, you know, like two years ago, three years ago, and stuff like that... I thought he was going to do it with North Korea. It was long before, like, the we fell in love and you know, all that shit. That he's doing this with Iran is just, like, fucking madness. Pointless fucking insanity that d- absolutely has the potential to get all of us, man, woman, child, American, and everyone all across the face of the planet, fucking killed. Not kidding won't go into details also another you know let's unite the world and sing happy kumbaya happy new year thoughts of positive thinking and joy um in a similarly related topic on the lighter side I just want to say for the record I don't want to go into this um because it's not our really our department I saw the new Star Wars with Danny um last Friday I want to say not only is it the worst Star Wars ever made it left Danny catatonic I mean literally could not talk about the movie after we got out of it I kind of felt the same way but not only was it the worst Star Wars ever made I'm willing to say that episode 1 is better than episode 9 finally in conclusion I won't support those clear. I don't need to start a holy war. If you enjoyed it, as some of the people on our Discord have, including Master Andy Wan and BPR, I congratulate you, and I and frankly, I envy you. Um, not for your poor taste in movies and your bad taste in Star Wars and your bad taste in general. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That was kind of an insulting dig on you. I'm 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 you know partially kidding with that, but uh. I really do envy these people who like who liked this movie because they did if <coughs> I envy the people who are my friends who did not find this movie an intolerable insufferable nightmarish hellscape um on par with be far beyond their worst expectations uh for a final conclusion of the Star Wars main uh, canon you know the original trilogy second trilogy and third trilogy 
my friends who actually liked it, I envy you. I think you're fucking deranged. But I literally envy your ability to have enjoyed this because that at least means you did not feel the pain that I felt and that Danny felt as we left the theater. Jesus. Worst movie. And not only was it the worst, it is the worst Star Wars movie ever made. J.J. Abrams, by the way, saddest thing about this movie is that it reveals that J.J. Abrams has no friends. At least none that he trusts on one hand and also none that trust him enough to tell him the truth because the whole world let him make this movie and every single aspect of it is a fucking disaster, an atrocity an affront to movie making filmmaking, say nothing of Star Wars it it broke the goofy meter in like 17 different places and was an intolerable film to watch, it was so bad it was absolutely horrible that's my opinion I'm not going to justify it here Master Andy Wan and I will have a convo in Discord later on in the week or sometime in the future where I will outline my critical uh, bones to pick but anyway to my friends not not to people I don't know people I don't know who like this movie are fucking idiots and they need to be chemically castrated and then shot into space along with J.J. Abrams um, as punishment for their liking it but my friends who actually liked it I envy and I'm glad that you do not have to experience what normal rational sane moviegoers such as myself had to experience with the latest Star Wars movie it was horrific so that brings us to uh, oh, by the way, our feature this week is our full review of Void Bastards. We'll get to that later. Spoiler alert. I love Void Bastards. We logged 30 hours and we beat the game. Um, and we've tried it on some challenges. We're ready to do a review. We did. We That happened just yesterday. Also, we have a mini feature this week in our new, excuse me, in our new and noteworthy section. Special props and things thank yous go out to long for uh, eternal friend of mine like ever since we were like little kids and he was a little little littler kid um back in uh back during uh, reconstruction actually um grand administration actually uh many props and thank yous go out to Missa Jesus Magul Jesse's Michael, Long Longmont Potion Castle, um, who accidentally recommended a super fucking game this week that we're also going to talk about. That's our mini feature inside of our new and noteworthy, and that game is called uh, "This Land Is My Land." So, because we, I got to get out of here in the next twenty minutes. We got a truck like a motherfucker. So, I've based him with a new and noteworthy, and let's get the show on the road. I was a North American fall when in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright, so, especially because we've 
already babbled for 30 minutes, but we did, we did cover a lot of material there. Um, we're going to perfunctorily that's even a word. We're only going to address these titles in a very cursory, quick way so that we can get to the two mini feature to, to the to the mini feature and our feature for this week's episode. We will talk more in depth about these titles in next week's episode, which I'll be recording probably as soon as I get done recording this episode. Cause I don't know how incapacitated I'm going to be for the remainder of the next three to eight weeks. So, our new and noteworthy this week, we have fucking great games. First, we're not going to bury the lead. Let's talk a little bit about why this land is my land is fucking rad. First of all, this land is my land is gorgeous. Second of all, it is historically accurate. Third of all, it combines a lot of play mechanics and uh, game design um genres and strategies within those individual genres combines them all into one thing that is like a magnificent I mean it's still in early access there there's some bugs and there's some problems and there, especially in terms of the menus and the GUI and stuff and some of the game is menu driven but it is a third person completely free roaming open-ended world set in the 1850s, you take on the role of literally type in whatever the name you want for your hero to be. An Indian chief escaped from enslavement by the white man. I'm going to say it's 1850. It's pre-Civil War, but it is definitely post-Black Hawk War. Um, like, there, there's railroads. It's historically, it's very historically accurate. You escape captivity, you set up an initial encampment, and then the world is whatever it is you want to do with it. The game has a totally fucking laissez-faire, open world perspective to it, but it is simultaneously, as great as that is, and as beautiful as the scenery, it's shockingly beautiful. And by the way, this is the game that if you really if you only play Linux games like me and don't and are jonesing to play Red Dead Redemption 2 which you can't you can do it via Stadia but you can't do it on Linux via Proton go fucking get This Land is My Land not only is it an interesting take it's better in a lot of ways it's way better in a lot of ways than uh Red Dead Redemption I I really haven't played RDR2 yet Mm. keep in mind this is not you know the all time biggest blockbuster title but the game is pretty enough to be in a lot of places and the play mechanics combine so many different genres and aspects of things it has a very strong core role playing game uh, component in terms of like uh, skills, skill points, spending skill points, as well as crafting. But then it also has a huge gatherer hunter component to it, just like you know, in terms of like 
gathering wood and shit. It also has civilization management shit. Like, you actually... As the game progresses, and there's no, like, moment where this happens. It's just you have to figure this out for yourself. Um... You can create new settlements and you can decide what equipment the warriors get if you have enough warriors. Um, you can decide what re- you can farm out work orders for the gathering and the hunting or like the, the crafting of anything to anyone in any of your fucking towns. Then if you're at an outpost, which is like a big campfire, um, if you're near an outpost, you can access the inventory at any one of the at any of your camps. You can set up new camps. You can send them out on hunts. You can send them out on patrols. You can send them to attack specific locations. My favorite thing about the game is the way that first of all, this is a game that is like long time coming. This is literally the revenge of the yeah I. I I'm going to say Indians, but I don't mean that as an insult. Native Americans. Some people prefer Indians. Some people prefer Native Americans. If you're Elizabeth Warren, um, I'm just kidding. Uh, that, that whole thing is just bullshit. You know, the whole fucking oh, Pocahontas, whatever. Fuck you. Donald Trump, fuck. Go sit and spin, you fucking bloviating asshole. Orange face, tiny fingered fucking screeching propecia fuel methamphetamine high octane full bore idiot anyway this is the game that the video game that uh, native peoples in the United States have so deserved for so long there are no morals for your character other than what you actually decide to do. The attention to detail in every aspect of the game, and like I said, still in early access, I'm talking about graphically and in terms of inventory items and in terms of scenery and in terms of costumes and in terms of uh, the sheer variety of programmatically generated character models and blah blah blah, the NPCs and shit. Uh, going from cowboys to your to the Braves to um, everything in between and above that, like you know, the, you know, pseudo military to oh, you know, blah, is astonishing. It is really, really, really good for being an independent game. It is beyond the moon. But here's my favorite thing about this game. Um. You have these objectives. Those are like your main quest things, but you can also get new objectives by, you know, doing other things. Here, but here's the thing. When you start, almost all of the objectives like on your list, which have weird names like, you know, get revenge on, you know, Whitey Wolftail at and then It'll say, get revenge, you know, on Whitey Wolftail at. And then, like, in parentheses, it'll say, kill or intimidate. And then, after at, in brackets, it'll say, location unknown, interrogate to discover. This is one of the things that I really love about this game. 
damage in this game is intense, highly realistic, and uh, works the same way for you as it does for your enemies. But there are skill points, so there are like uh, skill modifiers that you can apply that can bring you up to the level or you know maybe even beyond some of your enemies. But the bottom line is this. The game has every fucking... I mean, I've only played like seven, uh, five or six hours of um, This Land is My Land. That's a lot of time, though. Mm. I barely scratched the surface of the game, but I have seen upwards, easily, easily upwards of six different types of fucking pistols. Just pistols. I've seen four, or three or four different types of fucking long, uh, you know, rifles, long guns, um, and I've seen one type of shotgun. Actually, I've seen over ten different types of pistols, all of which each weapon, even if it's a handcrafted bow and handcrafted arrows, all the way through to like the modern sophistication of, um, you know, Colt forty-five six shooter, um. Although it's probably not a cult at that time. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, the six, the modern six-shooter pistol as we came to know it, you know, over the intervening, you know, three quarters of a century following the, the time in which the game is set. All of these guns... Oh, and they're breech loaders. They're breech loader rifles. They're also rifles that take cartridges. Um, there are rifles that actually have... Uh, shotgun style action with you know you can have two rounds in the gun and you fire them each independently like the old Springfield and stuff if you had a grandfather who grew up out here in the west where I grew up um, you've probably seen these you know insane weapons of death and awesomeness on people's walls or in Elks Lodges or on the, you know, trophy cases in bars or local museums and stuff. And what's cool is all of these things become fucking insanely crucial. If you want to take over an enemy encampment, if you want to, if you want to interrogate everybody, you can. You have to be really stealthy. And that would really require you to lure people away. Also, wait till night. That's great. Or wait for an advantageous opportunity and pick them off one by one if they pick off any stragglers who might wander away from a main pack. Or there's, and this is, the game does not teach you this. It's just all right there. You have to actually use stealth the way you want to use stealth. You fire a shot, it's going to draw everybody. One major complaint about the game in its current form, it's in early access, is that you're even with upgraded bows and better bows and better crafted bows with more deadly arrows and blah 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 the bow is nowhere near as deadly or as silent as it should be especially at night. Like, basically, if you fire on anyone with anything, even if they're, like, 45 meters away from, like, the closest person, your victim, even without them saying anything, if you shoot at them with an arrow, it basically alerts everybody for reasons that I don't understand. But, the stealth elements, apart from that, are really, really phenomenal. 
Um, there is some kludginess in the controls in terms of the, the way the animations match up to your input. I, 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 I was playing with uh, trackball and keyboard, not the not uh, gamepad because my thumb has been fucked up, you know, blah, the entire fucking time, and it, you know, blah. But um, so one of the craziest things is about this game is. So why do you why do you go to oh and by the way you can liquidate these camps the camps of the white men you can liquidate and then loot with encumbrance so it's like this big broad gorgeous ninja Indian stealth hyper realistic oh yeah back to the guns so let's say that um it's difficult to keep uh, more than three weapons on you at any given time. Generally, that'll be a pistol. Actually, generally, that'll be a wooden bow, either one that you made or one that you found or one that you, you know, blah, blah, along with wooden arrows that you hand make, and they are very weak. Um, but you can upgrade your skill at using them so that they become more deadly and effective. As well as learn other recipes. The crafting recipes are tons of shit that you have to learn how to craft, and all of them cost skill points. Skills also cost skill points. Skill points can only really be attained by accomplishing either objectives, expanding your territory. You get a modest amount of experience for crafting shit, but it's negligible. The real best way to get experience points and to expand your empire is to go out and find encampments where the white man has set up shop. Um, for me, the first three hours, that meant raiding small bivouacs and uh, small small temporary camps and wagon trains that have posted up um you know, we're talking like, you know, each individual location probably only has at most five guys for those phases of stuff. You get a lot of points for interrogating people, you get a lot of points for killing them, you get a lot of points for knocking them out. Intimidating them make takes them off the board, and so ultimately if you, you don't have to kill anybody if you don't want to. It's almost impossible. I can't imagine how you could get through it without killing anybody. But if, you, let's just say you intimidate everyone at a camp, meaning you grab them one by one, held them at knife point at their throat that's where they, if they have anything to tell you they'll tell you if they don't have anything to tell you a message pops up that says they have nothing more to say meanwhile their friends are already looking for you and this guy this happens all the time you get the you know, you get to decide do I, do I want to kill this guy or do I want to um, just knock him out knock him out then you can loot him you can move his body if you want you can also intimidate him but eventually if you don't kill him he will get up if you intimidate him he won't run to the closest camp mate or closest person for help he will flee wild eyed into the woods never to be seen or heard from again this is great when everyone at a campsite or a town or a city or a prison, or a bivouac, or all manner of every type, size, shape, 
and etc. of uh, 1850, you know, mid 19th century American Western encampment and outpost fort, etc. All that shit is in this game, and it's beautiful. Um, when everyone, when all the white people have been either killed or driven away, or a combination of both, from a specific location, that can't that place gets taken off the map, meaning it becomes abandoned which opens up that territory for more expansion for you because you can have unlimited numbers of settlements and in fact the game is really it's the other aspect of the game is managing your camps all of which you can fucking either fast travel to or walk to or ride a horse to some of the most fun it's so great it's if you liked Red Dead Redemption, not Red Dead Redemption 2, which I haven't played yet, if you like Red Dead Redemption and just really enjoyed riding or exploring or walking or whatever through these majestic, mesmerizing uh, vistas of the Old West, that is very much uh, the same magic. You get lost not because like you get lost on the map I mean you get lost in just how much fun you're having you know fucking trying to figure out who killed one of my warriors or you know blah and by the way you don't have to go it alone you can call in timing this is difficult but it just like everything else in the game it requires a little bit of fucking forethought uh, reconnaissance a lot of stealth a little bit of planning and then some luck and also the right resources but you don't even have to really gather your own resources because you can you can create these um, work orders and they can also be quest kind of related stuff they can be gather, you can just tell people from, and you get to assign how many people you want to go out and do this um, thing, it's, you know, gather stuff or go kill this thing or help me attack this place um, you get to tell them uh, what type of equipment they can have, you can tell them if they can have horses or not and then you can see them on the map while you're doing other shit, which is great because like you get really tired of gathering wood so you know, really clever way this game obviates a lot of the repetitive stuff that is still fundamentally essential to a sandbox world game that has role playing game elements, but then there's also the city building, not just city building, building, but settlement building you are the leader of an Indian resistance here, you do not give a fuck about the white man the white man has tried to enslave you and they have murdered countless, countless innocent women, children, brave warriors, friends, compatriots, your family, your tribe. You love to kill Whitey. And it is great. It's very satisfying. Whitey loves to kill you. So you're like this fucking ninja with these beautiful feathers in your and you can customize your appearance and all this shit. But the the focus of the game is to accomplish all the objectives, you know, you unlock other objectives, you know, because it's all story driven stuff, but it doesn't, like, end up in a cinema. Oh, by the way, when you loot, like, encampments and stuff, you have to loot each container and, like I said, there's encumbrance, which comes a big pain in the ass, but if you're like me and actually enjoy realistic encumbrance, um, blah, blah, blah. Last thought about this game, though. The real 
focus of the game, and it's a huge map. I mean, it is enormous. The first area where you start with seems fucking humongous until you look at the map and scroll all the way out. It's fucking humongous. But anyway, the real focus of the game, the main objective, is to win the resistance. It's it's to, you know, mount an effective resistance that overcomes white the white men's incursion into your lands, taking of your resources, denigrating, disrespecting, and enslaving your people, raping your women, enslaving your children, indentured servitude, forced mining, labor camps, and just general fucking wanton cruelty and inhumanity to man, etc. in these beautiful really alive seeming natural environments and of course you know the natural environments are their own obstacles themselves so the way the way you you do this is by one liquidating their settlements but that's not enough you have to set up your own settlements and because travel in the game unless you have a good network of outposts and a carefully well not carefully you can pretty much do it on the fly but have a you know some sense of strategy to where you use your resources to build new encampments um, the game is about controlling territory especially once um, your hunter gatherers or your you know your warriors or whatever start getting killed and you need to set up patrols and shit I mean it's it's really amazing but my favorite thing about the game is the difference between like a breech loader which only one round and requires piss, it w- requires a, a ball, powder, rod, and rifle. There's between that and um, like a modern Springfield rifle, modern long gun with two shots. Unbelievable difference. And not just in terms of like the, the damage output, and those are different across every single weapon and every individual subclass of weapon. Some pistols absolutely fucking suck, but are really easy to reload, or the ammo is easier to find, or they're more accurate. Uh, there's always some sort of trade-off, and a lot of them, you have to learn these trade-offs by uh, just experimentation. But the main big thing that you will experience, especially right now, because it's in early access and the controls are, like I said, a little kludgy, a little s- slow, a little muddy in some places... This is true of most combat aspects, but it's also kind of true by design. It takes a long time to accurately aim anything in the game, other than um, the the cheapest, easiest, and weakest handmade bow, which you can pretty much blah, but aiming is a skill in this game, but reloading and planning what weapons you're going to have on you, what ammo you're going to have on you, and how you're going to reload, and who you're going to aim at, in a game where if one guy, really, one guy hits you with a long gun, you're basically, if not instantly dead, you're going to be underneath 10% health with just that one hit. 
So stealth is generally of primary importance, getting speed, surprise, and violence of action, maintaining those advantages, as Dick, Dick Marchenko would say, are the essential fundamental elements for a, an inferior force to overtake in a guerrilla or resistance or ambush or sabotage type scenario to overcome a superior, better equipped, and uh, more numerous, already entrenched force. Speed, surprise, violence of action. So, re- reconnoitering and stealth are the steps before those steps. When you are ready, you hit them, you hit them hard, you know where they are, you try to know where they are, try to keep no surprises from happening, but there's always surprises and something always goes wrong, because that's Clausewitzian friction, Dumont Dicky. Um... And aiming guns, some guns take long rifles, long guns take a lot longer to aim, especially at a distance to get a good shot off. It takes some time, but you can start aiming when you're in cover or where you're concealed. It's only a matter of time, though. If they hear a gunshot, they will search for you there. The AI is very good in this game. It's surprisingly good. So imagine Metal Gear Solid um, Sons of Liberty 1850 edition where in the game of Cowboys and Indians finally you get to play as the good guys. We'll be reviewing this later on in the month as soon as I can play again as soon as my thumb is better Um, so it might be a while but go check it out, and especially if you like this period, it's amazing. One shot with a breech loader takes fucking eight seconds to reload, and another fucking five seconds to really get down the sights to where, like, if you're on your target, um, you will hit them. That's like 15 to 20 seconds. It's a long time. Springfield rifle takes maybe three seconds to, you know, after you fired it, let's say it has two barrels, um, it takes maybe three seconds to blow, and then maybe another four to eight seconds, depending on the range, to really make sure that your next shot is going to hit. Meanwhile, you have a six, if you have a six shooter, um, bam, 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 bam. Each one of those can be a fucking fatal shot if you're aiming right, um, or if you're lucky. So yeah, the historical accuracy and the inventory management and the inclusion of actually light not light well, light but not perfunctory, that's a better way of describing it strategy elements really make the game very easy to get lost in, if you like Skyrim if you like Fetch Quest or Skyrim, I won't even go into the awesome way that you can create dynamic quote-unquote fetch quest, like where you actually have to gather stuff that you need for something that you want. Um, If you want to gather it yourself, you can set up your own quest by just going to that item that you want to make. If you don't have enough materials to make it in the crafting menu, there's another button next to craft. It'll say, oh, we don't have, you know, that the craft button will be grayed out. Click the button next to it, which allows you to create your own objective It'll let you set the quantity of 
units of that thing that you want to make, that you want to go gather and make, and you click OK, and then in in the game, not in a HUD or anything, there's only a very simple radar in the game, which is great. It doesn't work fantastically well yet, and it can be confusing, but it's still very clean and great. Let's focus on what's in front of you, generally speaking. All of a sudden, after you move away from wherever it was where you created the uh, custom objective, after you move away from that place, as if in a virtual heads-up display, beacons for each item that you can see in your field of view will appear to within 30 meters of your position. The, once you have enough of everything, you complete that objective, then you can craft whatever the fuck you want, and you don't have to use the stuff that you gather specifically for that project. You know, blah, 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 blah. You get to do whatever the fuck you want in this game. Game is totally all about you doing whatever the fuck you want. Best thing about the game, though, and final final thought, and then, because, okay, fine, I've worked. We'll go an hour and 15 minutes, because I gotta give you my full review. We've spent more time talking about, uh, this land is my land, but it's been a long time since I played a game this innovative with such a fascinating approach to um, re- what is realistically a you know first person slash third person behind the character slash Tomb Raider uh, maneuverable camera esque um, action game like the stupid repetitive aspects of Red Dead Redemption. But this game gives you endless choices and they're not binary choices. They're not structured and fed to you as a choice. Which is fundamental to the illusion of free will in video games. It's been the central thesis of several of my major essays of my of my life. But other coolest thing is if you get stuck or don't know how to do something or you're having problems like you keep getting killed or you don't understand like how a mechanic is supposed to work, for for instance, for me, encumbrance, looting, and then transporting looted inventory to someplace where I could store it was counterintuitive and I couldn't figure it out. There is live in-game chat with everyone who's playing the game. All, and they are a great community and they're very fucking nice. This is not the, you know, bullet-headed fucking assholistic racist world that you'd find in Mordow or Tannenberg or you know whatever at least it isn't as of now wait until this game gets more popular because it will um, you could just ask in chat and the chat thing is constantly scrolling in the lower right hand corner and you can configure it and stuff it's great to see a community like this I mean pe- three people help me immediately I'm like hi dumb noob here just Two hour, you know, a little over an hour in, I have the world's stupidest question. I killed a lot of guys and I took over the camp. Where the fuck do I put my shit? Like, where do I store it? Three answers within like 45 seconds. All of them extraordinarily nice, extraordinarily courteous, accurate, and detailed. Even though I had to ask another question because I'm dense and stupid and they answered that as well um, and there's constant chitter chatter and everyone's always talking about the game and the game has so much shit in it that you need to read the chat at all times in my humble opinion 
Until you really know what the fuck. I, I barely scratched the surface of this game. So yeah, check it out. This land is my land. Alright. I was going to talk about GTFO and I was going to talk about Dark Future Blood Red States, but we have no time. Let's punch it to a quick review, Ivor. Let's get him out of here. Get me out of here. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Alright. It feels so unfair. After having spent like 30 minutes just not in a review but in a new and noteworthy feature uh, on uh, This Is My Land I only spent like you know six or seven hours in that game. It feels so unfair to spend that much time and now we're going to compress our actual review into like 10 minutes. Our game this week is Void Bastards and we've spent let's see 28, uh, 29 hours 28.5 hours in the last two weeks in Void Bastards, and I've beaten it. What is Void Bastards? Void Bastards, if you've ever played Duskers, you could think of Void Bastards as Duskers Light. The easy version that's deceptively easy with a lot of fun action elements in it. But ultimately, the secret to Void Bastards is it's a game that well, okay, it's a roguelike, by the way. So, like, I won't bore you with the plot elements, although the plot is very funny. And all of this comes together in such a great, seamless way. Between the plot, the the sense of humor in both the enemy design, the inventory items, the craftables, your weapons, the weapons premises, premises, and the actual environment, and you know, of each derelict, because it's a derelict crawler, you go from point to point, similar to, similar slightly similar to uh, the way, you know FTL or Fast and Light is structured um, but it's a bigger map with more options, you can only jump one, you know, blah. Eventually there are space pirates that, you know, are also navigating the map, and then there are space pirates and whales and other things that are map-driven that will, you know, fuck up your life and end your run. But you're a convict, you were freeze-dried, the shit, the prison ship you're on is experiencing trouble getting back to its base, so they unfreeze-dry you. And that's when you find out your name and your traits um, they give you a care package which consists initially of I think uh, two war- two jump fuel so you can move two spaces and two food I'm not going to go through every mechanic in this game but all of these things become incredibly important and food for instance is fundamental to your recovery health in between missions when you move to a new derelict you don't have to dock with it. You can just keep going if you want. Bad idea, generally. But it'll show you what type of enemies uh, are going to be on there. It'll also, depending on if you have any super perks or whatever, it might tell you more useful information. But it'll also tell you, generally, about any hazards that you will face on that derelict. 
And it'll give you a sense, either um, few, some, many, or shed loads of the numbers of the types of enemies that you're going to fight on that ship. Um, and it tells you the ship class and what resources you, you can expect to scavenge from it, along with what parts you might be able to salvage. Now, parts are the name of the game. Parts allow you to, first of all, everything in your inventory that's related to parts and resources, not in terms of your ammo, not in terms of your food, not in terms of your warp fuel, not in terms of your merits, and not in terms of your torpedoes, and not in terms of your warp keys, um, but in terms of all the guns that you've unlocked, all of the upgrades for those guns, every item that you have unlocked, which confer each individually amazing benefits, unlocked and or upgraded, along with every resource you have, because like, okay, so any part that you salvage can be converted, can be recycled into raw resources, and there's like seven different categories of resources. Don't worry, this might sound really confusing and difficult, it's not. This is a pick-up-and-play game that will suck you in with its amazing visual style, it it's a it's a cell. Not only is it a cell shaded first person shooter when you're actually on the derelicts, they've gone out of their way to go beyond. It's not just another game that looks kind of like Borderlands. No, this game looks like you are playing a living comic book. Everything is procedurally generated, so that's great. But basically, your your goal you always have two goals. Whatever it is that you want to upgrade next, which is something that's extraneous to the main plot, which is cool because, like, generally the main objective is something that will take you hours to accomplish. I mean, I maybe three hours, maybe seven hours, you know, depending on how well you plan and how shrewd you are and how uh, well armed you are and, and how lucky you are. Um, those return you to the Void Arc when you complete those, and they, they are made out of many, many parts that you have to salvage or make yourself out of resources that you get from recycled detritus from on from your from your looting and, and crawling of the derelicts and stuff. The enemies you face, there are many different types of enemies. They are all pretty stupid. At first, I'm talking about like in terms of the AI. Ultimately, though, just like in Duskers, the AI in Duskers was way beyond the AI in in uh, Void Bastards. But ultimately, the AI will ensnare you in some horrendous, nightmarish bullshit where you made literally one half of a mistake and now all of a sudden you're going to die. Like, consequences for errors invite punishment swift and sure. Same way that Dead Cells punishes you at the first hint 
of hubris or overconfidence, Void Bastards loves to do the same. You might think you are a badass, fucking far-flung future cyber commando space pirate motherfucker with a badge and all the weapons, all the upgrades, all the know-how. You know what the fuck? You are tight. You are slick. You are fast. You are clean. You know how to spot every peeper before they detect you. You know how to disable all the security systems. You know that the order of operations on every derelict unless otherwise informed remains the same one if necessary get to the generator restore power two get to the helm fucking figure out what the fuck is on this ship and where the fuck the loot is three locate the part that you need the salvageable part for the item that you want four overcome opposition Starting with any organic opposition, hey, they're called citizens, on the ship attempting to prevent you. Simultaneously, alongside that objective, number six, overcome any security element and do not get discovered by peepers or sec bots. Number seven, avoid all hazards if possible, if not possible. Make your decision. Is it worth it to go through it and possibly die? Or should you just fucking head back right now? Because you can leave the you can leave any derelict at any time, provided that there's still power for the airlock. Some derelicts have intermittent power. Some derelicts have so when you when you dock, they have no power. You have to get to the generator first. That means all containers are locked. That means all airlock doors are open. Um and finally, well no, next to finally, number eight. Always be aware of your fucking oxygen maggot! If you fail to return to your ship before you run out of oxygen or before you reach an atmosphere generator and recharge your oxygen which is parceled out in depending on the difficulty of the derelict and the depth of space that you're in increasingly smaller and frustratingly limited increments you will begin choking to death it takes depending on how tough your character is and etc Generally speaking, if you're out of oxygen, you have about eh, right around 30 seconds left to live. Finally, the ultimate fucking rule of Void Bastards. Get back to the ship before you get fucking killed. And do so with whatever resources you need to get to the next place. That's it. That's Void Bastards. And I wrote a little thing here. We'll close with this because it's, by the way, Void Bastards, I'm pleased to say that for the first first game of 2020 that earns this honor, Void Bastards earns our worth full price, pay any price, all price, any day, all the time, any time. It's the highest honor that we can, you know, don't, you don't have to wait for this to go on sale. Although, 
you might want to because it is a little bit a little bit on the more expensive side although it's nothing in comparison to how expensive the games are on uh, the Google Stadia Void Bastards is $29.99 so to, to wrap up Void Bastards oh by the way the game has this insane sense of humor it's a dark apocalyptic Space Quest meets Duskers meets first person shooter with insane weapons and crazy enemies and absurd items like you know like you know that you are having fun when you're like god damn it I have to get this distended testicle so I can make my warp shield Uh, that's not even a real thing the warp shield the distended testicle oh yeah it's a real thing and that which you cannot get to on the map that which you cannot survive to get to because there's always an indicator that points to the nearest derelict with the item that you need next eventually you can upgrade you can get equipment you can make equipment that will allow you to select any uh, item that you haven't made yet and it'll point you to that to the nearest component for that item uh, you know, generally a weapon or like a um, armor or um, uh, other, there are all kinds of different types of upgrades. Some are strategic, mostly it's weapons though and armor and protection and then um, what I would call perk style um, upgrades like, uh, for instance, like the ability to uh, assign an arbitrary locator to the star map for something that is not the main objective, not a component from the main objective. But, um... Yeah, so here's here's the ultimate thing about... It's, yeah, Dusker's Light. It's really strong combo, classic roguelike gameplay, but really relies on split-second decision-making when you're in the derelict. And... These decisions, it's 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 so it's it's one of the things that makes the game so pleasing, is that there's like total thematic unity between like the light strategy elements of you contemplating your workbench and trying to figure out what you can recycle and then manufacture a part versus what you want to save those resources for because you might be able to get that part at complete. From a, from a derelict that might be nearby or like seven jumps nearby or whatever and these decisions are important by the way you keep all of your resources including the stuff that you've recycled those seven classes of resources which are like bio, data um plaz uh, a couple of other things I can't remember off the top of my head you keep all of those between runs and you keep all of your equipment, all of your weapons not all of your ammo and none of the ancillary bonus equipment for the ship. But everything that you've built, you get to keep. So that's like the roguelike element of it. And along with any upgrades that you've applied to it, it all lasts forever once you build it. If you have any um, parts that you haven't used yet, but haven't recycled yet, um, those stay with you forever too. So when you die, they unfreeze dry the next convict, and send him out with the same fucking thing, but you get the other guy's equipment, and you get a new, fre- brand new, fresh care package, and you start at the beginning of the map. 
which does not matter because the game, you know, blah. The game is fucking insanely challenging, by the way, especially when you first start playing. And then the genius of the game is after you beat the game, you have to create it unlocks challenge mode. Each challenge mode requires a new game that overwrites the old one and makes the game increasingly difficult. And there are a lot of challenges. Um, I have not been able to clear a single derelict on hard with my first challenge. That's how hard it is. On hard mode, the game goes from Dusker's Light to literally it is almost impossible to make it off of a derelict alive if you are discovered when you start. Because like you have to build up like resources, inventory, you have to upgrade your guns to make them more lethal. And when you start on hard, you have like 25 rounds of pistol ammunition and a pistol. And that's it. And the enemies that you fight, like even like the guys who like would take three shots on like normal difficulty, now take 12. And there are twice as many of them. I've literally over the last four days, I have on hard failed to clear a single derelict upwards of 20 times. That is how hard the game is. And I did just be in the game on normal. But anyway, the wonderful it's got wonderful shell-shaded, like, interactive comic book art style that's not just art style, it's actually like like when you throw a grenade and the grenade explodes, it says BAM! Like in, you know, onomatopoeia Batman style you know, writing. If you're coming up to a door, you can very frequently, there's an enemy on the near or on the other side, but near proximate to that door on the other side, you can frequently tell what type of enemy it is by this what they're saying in speech bubbles. The enemy doesn't have to be talking. Like, certain enemies are like little blobs, and they make a squelch, squelch, squelch thing, which is not only played as an audio sound effect, but it'll say that in onomatopoeia, you know, writing. It's like a fucking comic book. Um, yeah, so it's wonderful. to Hilarious items, tech tree, enemies, plot, story elements. My favorite thing is that it's not a game that is going to break your mind at first with any specific strategy element, but eventually, once you understand what's going on, you will get very, very sucked into it, but it is still very loose feeling. Like, it's not like... However, if you are close to something that is really expensive to make, like if it takes 320 fucking slag to make something, you're going to want to find it rather than try to store up all those resources, which you can do, which I did. It's my first way of doing the game. Um... But let's say you land on the derelict so you finally get to that derelict that has that one part that you really want that's really expensive. When you dock with that derelict, literally you are so locked in and so intent on not fucking dying and fucking finding and retrieving that fucking part. It is really intense. It keeps the game very exciting. Um... But the secret to the game, ultimately, is that it's more about thinking clearly and rapidly and then immediately coming up with the best, worst 
plan and simultaneously to all of that happening already enacting it already be moving to do it because time is always of the essence and the you're always outnumbered frequently especially until you get um, a number of different guns um, you don't have enough ammo to kill even like you know a fifth of anything that's on a ship including the easiest guys at least on hard I can kill two guys on hard there's like 20 guys on any of the first derelicts that you encounter and I get worse from there um, so yeah you have, to, you have to it's really about thinking clearly very fast while you're already simultaneously acting on what you think your conclusion is going to be I know that doesn't sound like you can do that, but trust me, if you're like me and you are a veteran of Duskers, you know exactly what I mean. Keeping your cool, really thinking, that's the secret weapon, then acting accordingly, and then the next second, absolutely desperately unleashing, just fucking horrendous, mindless, insane, chaos, carnage, explodey, horrific, disastrous destruction that is probably just as likely to kill you as it is to kill anybody else. Oh, my listen, powerful tech you have in what basically amounts to like a panic-induced fucking frenzy of despair while you howl, just, you know, all your I'm a man of reason, shit goes immediately out the window, and you're like motherfucker, oh my god, not like this, not like this not like this and the kitty, your unstable kitties return to you, with their timers almost expired, so that they can explode into cluster flux, while you have, literally 15 seconds of oxygen left and out of 1,980 health points, you are down to 12, because you have 105 uh, rems of radiation in you and you're dying of poison while literally 12 fucking hardened Jews Jews they're like little midget people um, like Juvian hardened Jews are shooting at you with their fucking inbred plasma in- in- built in plasma laser blasters just as the peeper discovers you just as the peeper discovers you Sickbot, Warbot is now alerted and will be coming to end your life shortly. Please stand by. And you pa- you you go to the map and you are here for this fucking item that you have gone through ten fucking lives trying to get. And here it is. You are finally on the ship. You open the map. It's in this room. You have literally less than 15 seconds left to live. And the kitty bots are returning. You get out of the map on your screen as you are running towards the locker. You see an onomatopoeia text. Stomp! 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 That means there's a screw coming on top of the warbot while the 12 jubes are shooting at you and you have fucking unleashed like 7 unstable kitties all of which are now returning to you for reasons beyond your comprehension and all of them have no health because 
The, uns- the, the hardened juves have been shooting them. Unstable kitties are like little robot cats that they're like little drones that draw enemy fire and serve as distractions. Once you upgrade them to unstable kitties, they drop a thing called cluster flax when they die. Cluster flax are um, bandoliers of grenades fused together that when you throw them, they take a while to detonate. When they detonate, they deploy. That's just like the the fuses between them deploying, which sets off each individual fuse. Then each one of the, so there's like there's I think uh, I'm trying to visualize it in my head. I want to say there's like 16 cluster flax on a single cluster flax string. That's one unit of cluster flax. Once it deploys. It just spits out all of the things that are attached to it, which are basically potato mashers, potato masher grenades on a dumb fire time limit. And here's the funny thing about cluster flax. After those explode, they explode into more cluster flax. There is no way to control them except for just not being in that room or any fucking where near them because they will fucking liquidate everything that's there, including you um and so now these unstable kitties which you have no control over and they turn into cluster flax when they they reach their end of life, it's the upgrade version of unstable kitty, of, of the kitty bots the Jews are shooting at you, you get the chain you turn around, you have no, you have literally 12 health so you have seven seconds before you're going to die just from the radiation. And you get to live just long enough as you <coughs> try to book it out of the FTL hold or wherever the fuck it is to get back to your ship, which is easily... By the way, never say fucking die. Never give up, never surrender. It's a watchwords of void bastards. Because I swear to God, I've been in scenarios that were this fucking impossible to survive where like literally like there is no possible way you're going to make it back to your ship alive there's no fucking possible way like literally there's no way there's no fucking way you're going to make it out of the room to say anything about back to your ship where I've gone back to the ship alive but not this time because you are in like slow motion you're at the door you open the door Door and the Jews are shooting at you. That's when you hear the click, 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 click of the first kitty bot deploying its cluster flax, which instantly kill all the other unstable kitties, all of which deploys all their cluster flax. The gun turrets open up on you, the door slides open, and you just gotta get through that fucking door. Otherwise, you're gonna die in the own. In the horrendous, incomprehensible, fucking fiery, shrapnel, miasma of unspeakable fucking weaponized doom that e- that this room has now become for you and everything else in it. And on the other side of the door is the screw! The screws are giant, fucking, very difficult to kill, very, very deadly um, enemies. Lots of health. And behind him is the warbot! And you are like, fuck you, I'm getting out of here! And you get past both of them! And you're like, oh, I can't believe it! I, I, I'm like, 
Four and a half seconds left to live! 30 seconds, probably, if I run, and I don't make any mistakes to get back on the ship. But I'm all free, and then you die, because the radiation poisoning gets it. It's a fantastic game, worth full price, all price, any day of the week. If you like roguelikes, and are a fan of them for their delicious uh, quality of concealing actual strategy and tactics and, you know, thinking bullshit inside of the veneer of rapidly addictive, super fun to play, very simple hyper ultra action cartoony action of action sauce with exploration and adventure and action sauce Void Bastards is for you cheers uh, hopefully I will be back next week hopefully we might have to take next week off and if not next week we might have to take the week after that off we'll see after you know my surgery I'll keep you all posted cheers on the discord cheers happy new year everybody thanks for listening and thanks for bearing with me I, I'm I'm if you can't tell I'm I've had a hell of a fucking 30 hours in my life I'm kind of I mean I basically had surgery like seven hours ago only it wasn't surgery it was just fucking crazy doctor squeezing like fucking three ounces of fucking pus out of my thumb which I need because it's opposable and I'm a pianist anyway cheers check out this game and also check out uh, this land is my land catch you later Sante A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry. Four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die.
now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.